0: Good morning. The committee in charge of rewriting the county's comprehensive plan got a stinging rebuke from the Board of Supervisors, who said they were on the wrong track. Well, last week at their first meeting after that criticism, they took stock of their work so far. For Monday, October 30th, it's your Loudon Now Morning Minute. H. B. Buscema here from Itopia, Inc. with your eye style file moment. Did you know that wearing poorly crafted sun lenses tricks your eye into letting down its natural defenses? Your pupil constricts to reduce light entering the eye, but in cheap sunglasses, the dark lens causes your pupil to dilate and allows harmful rays to come in. Meet the team and find out what lens is best for you at Itopia, Inc., the eyewear vault in downtown Leesburg. Follow us online at Itopia, Inc. That's at E-Y-E. T-O-P-I-A-I-N-C, and itopiainc.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. Last week, the 26 members of the Envision Loudon Stakeholders Committee, which is the group tasked with rewriting the county's comprehensive plan, had to take a look at their work so far. Earlier this month, county supervisors strongly criticized some of that work, which included looking at options to put 12 or 18,000 more homes in the transition policy area. In planning speak, transition policy area is that all-important area of land that divides and buffers Loudoun's rural west and suburban east. Supervisors criticized the idea of a dramatic increase in the number of homes in that area. Here was Rural Economic Development Council Representative Alta Jones at the Stakeholders Committee's first meeting back since that report to the Board of Supervisors. I feel the circle of trust is broken. I was so shocked when I looked at the video and the presentation that was given uh, to the Board to find that the Stakeholders Group had voted and approved the number of houses. At that meeting with the board, county planners and the stakeholders committee's chair, Jeff Salman had offered the caveat that these were very much preliminary ideas still in the works and that the stakeholders committee hadn't made any recommendations yet. But Chair salmon said that's not what supervisors heard and that's not what the public responded to. The paper is what got the, the public, in my mind, that the paper was what the public responded to. They didn't respond necessarily to what Chris and Ricky said. What Chris and Ricky said, um, maybe they could have jumped up and down and had flashing lights behind them, but they said the right stuff. It just wasn't, they weren't heard. Chair Solomon by the way, is also the chair of the County Planning Commission. Jones asked that in the future the Stakeholders Committee get a look at reports to the Board of Supervisors before they go out. I feel that we have wasted some capital, political capital, with uh, Loudon residents by uh, this faux pas of putting out a scenario that we don't really say is a scenario, and that, as far as I'm concerned, I don't remember voting on it. Still, some other members of the committee seem to stand by their work so far, even if it does mean a lot more development in the transition area. Algonquin District Supervisor Suzanne Volpe's appointee, Chris Glassmoyer, said he didn't misunderstand what he was voting on. And John Andrews, who represents the county's Housing Advisory Board, said the status quo gets us zero affordable housing units and that he understood completely where he was going. Which also included preserving 50 to 70 percent of the transition area as open space. My goal in my head was to get to the maximum, you're going to have to do more open space, which would create smaller lots, which would create more affordable lots, which would create more affordable housing. So I knew exactly what I was doing in order to create a more affordable community and not to continue creating a elitist community. Either way, committee members and county planners agreed that the presentation itself was flawed. They said it didn't get presented with the right context when supervisors saw it. Go to loudennowcom slash morning minute to check out the whole story. In other news, the sheriff's office is investigating a suspected domestic homicide in the Dawson's Corner neighborhood of southeastern Loudoun. Deputies were called to a home on Gay Feather Drive Saturday, shortly before 8.15 in the morning, after a woman was discovered dead in her home by a family member. Before that 911 call, the sheriff's office had responded to a head-on crash involving her husband. The crash happened at about 6 a.m. in the area of Gum Spring Road and Mayhew Lane. The man was taken to Reston Hospital for treatment of injuries described as serious. The other driver was taken to Reston to treat life-threatening injuries. The incident is still under investigation. If you've been bothered by broken down cars in people's yards in Lovettsville, well, those could be going away. And if you have a broken down car in your yard in Lovettsville, be aware the Lovettsville town council is considering an ordinance that would require residents to remove inoperable vehicles on their lawns. It's based on the rule in West Point, Virginia, and defines an inoperable motor vehicle as one not in operating condition, with no valid license plate and or state inspection sticker, or one that is partially or totally disassembled. The ordinance would prohibit town residents from keeping inoperable motor vehicles on their property unless they're shielded from public view. The town would issue a violation notice, and a separate offense would apply for every 10-day period the vehicle is not removed. A civil ticket in Lovettsville is 200 bucks the first time and 500 bucks each time after that. Lovettsville resident Nicholas Fredrickson addressed the town council Thursday night, arguing this rule would be encroaching on residents' property rights. I wanted to include him because of this great line. He said, there aren't any inoperable vehicles speeding through town. It's not like they're hurting anybody. End quote. He suggested adding two more rules, one that allows an appeal to the town council and another that would prohibit abandoning a broken down vehicle in the public right of way or on another person's property. Currently, the town council prohibits the storage of more than five inoperable vehicles on a person's property. The Lovestville Planning Commission will look over this and send it back to the town council on November 16th. And Loudon firefighters have begun their annual coat drive. Loudon County Fire Rescue and the Loudon chapter of the International Association of Firefighters Foundation are collecting clean, gently used coats, jackets, scarves, winter hats, gloves, and mittens. They can be dropped off weekdays from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. at any fire rescue station, the administration building at 801 Sicklin Road, or the training facility at 1600 Courage Court, both in Leesburg. The cold weather clothing will be donated to One Warm Coat, a national nonprofit organization that provides free coats to any person in need. Donations are open through November 20th. Get the full story on all these stories over at Loudennow.com And while you're there, check out the write-up on the debate we put on with Black Hoof Brewing Company for the two candidates for Leesburg Town Council last week. That be Vanessa Maddox and Josh Thiel. It's all at Loudennow.com. On today's calendar, landscape artist H.K. Ann will be exhibiting her oil paintings at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Pen-Fed Realty in Hamilton through the generosity of the Loudoun Sketch Club. It's open today at 9 a.m. And Patient First is offering free x-rays of Halloween candy. You can bring a bag of candy to any Patient First neighborhood medical center from 6 to 9 p.m. through tomorrow. There are locations in Leesburg and Sterling. Get the details on these events and check out the rest of the events calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and it'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day.